Hey guys, welcome to the Mo and O Show. My name is Omar Gonzalez, and my buddy Mo is feeling a little sick. Enjoy the <laughs> silence. I love the push mode. Um, perfect <laughs> harmony there. See, we were in the car, so yeah, we're online. We he actually has a flu, and his voice sounds terrible, and he's all phlegmy, and he didn't want to get my family sick, so thank you, buddy. <laughs> but I wanted to make a quick video to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the U.S., and happy random Thursday <laughs> to everyone else around the world. But let me start by saying thank you. Thank you to all of you that have subscribed to this channel, that have listened to the podcast, and also have given just positive feedback. Um, we really appreciate you and thank you like a hundred million percent. We knew when we started this podcast that that was going to be the most uh, rewarding thing is hearing from you guys that you really like what we're doing. So anytime someone takes the time to actually type great show, keep it up, you guys have no idea how much that keeps us going because we're, we don't have a boss. We're not getting paid here. We're doing this because we want to give something back to the community Mo and O also like Mo and O. I'm talking to myself in the third person. <laughs> Mo and I love hanging out anyway. Uh, so we wanted to uh, just record our conversations. That's how it started. So thank you. That's what today is all about. Thanksgiving, giving thanks. And we're thankful for you guys for hanging out with the Mo and O photo show. Now, two quick things today. Number one is an update on the show, an idea that we have moving forward with the show that we're excited about. And two, today we're gonna to talk about the importance of documenting your family and also how to sort of work your brain as if you were a photojournalist when documenting your family. And we'll talk about how this will help you hopefully in other parts of your photography, portraiture, street photography, or even just dabbling in photojournalism. So let's start with the Mo and O photo show update. Uh, the production has slowed down, uh, not because Mo and I are lazy, although we are. Our schedules have just filled up and we've tried to work out a way where we can keep them churning out. We were going there for, you know, weekly, religiously for almost a year, and then we kind of stumbled. So our moving forward, he here's where the conversation that Mo and I have, have stemmed about where the show can kind of grow. Oh my God, I'm rhyming now. It all stems from YouTube. YouTube's algorithm is something that you sort of try to predict and battle and you look at numbers. And if we wanna grow as a podcast, it seems that releasing a 45 minute YouTube video that is also secondary and audio podcast is keeping us as slow growth. And the sad part of it is YouTube sort of gets people to view if titles are catchy and also very, not clickbait, because clickbait is not the way uh, that you actually get penalized on YouTube for clickbait, but terms that will sort of, you know, be searchable. So if someone's looking for a specific camera, then the video should be titled just about that camera. And if you notice some of our titles, since we talk about so many freaking random things, and so we want a little bit more focus on the show and YouTube is sort of the key, we think, because if we just talk about the Tamron 28 to 75 lens, for example, that will show up on photographers' feeds. But if the Tamron 28 to 75 is just a little blurb in a 45 minute video, then I think we are not getting traction. Do you understand? 
Now I'm talking British now. So that's kind of our plan. Our plan is this. We will continue with the full audio experience uh, and make an audio podcast that's 45 minutes. However, we're going to kind of use the YouTube a little bit a little bit smarter. We're going to use it almost as like a highlight show. Now, the good news with that is that you guys will get more content because each podcast episode should be th at least three YouTube videos. Uh, the bad news is that you kind of have to, if you want the full experience, you'll have to just see it or hear it audio-wise, okay? Now, we're still debating whether to put the audio on the YouTube channel as well or have the Mo and O photo show be like a clips kind of YouTube channel. And I think that's where we'll get maybe a little bit of traction on specific searchable topics. It also helps that my buddy Mo, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> has agreed to take on the audio portion of the show. So he'll take the audio and create that 30 to 45 minute episode. And I'll take all our video clips, which will be conversations that are a little bit more focused per topic. And I will be making Mo and O photo show videos based on that. And our hope over time is that we, we sort of grow based on those small videos. Come on, let's face it, people. How many times have you started a video and just click away from it? Because our attention spans in 2019 are like, you know, the attention span of a fruit fly. Fingers crossed. We're very excited about it. We're excited about the clip show. And I'm excited to see how Mo will edit an audio podcast. <laughs> He's going to make me look bad, isn't he? He doesn't need help there. <laughs> On to our topic. Okay, our topic today is becoming a photojournalist in your home. <laughs> Documenting history in your home in the hopes that it can help you in other parts of photography and other interests like street photography and portraiture. Instead of just taking photographs of your family or taking photographs of your close friends, what, what are the, usually the photographs we take? We document them standing there, staring at the camera, smiling. We do that with our phones, we do that with our cameras, and it's all based on that we all wanna look good in a picture, including ourselves, but it doesn't capture the scene or the story. And so as a photographer, maybe you should start thinking about coming up with a project of where you become a photojournalistic, I keep saying photojournalist, become a photojournalist in your home, almost become a street photographer in your home. Okay, so there's a couple of aspects to thinking this way. Number one is think about who you're capturing. So f for most of us, it's probably our kids that we want to document, uh, but it's not everyone has kids. So it could be maybe just a close brother that you have or a cousin that you're with all the time, or maybe even your grandparents that are very, very old and that you want to document them maybe in their last years, okay? So think about that person right now. And with that, think about what do they do in the home or what do they do that you would want to capture? I know that my old abuelita from Puerto Rico, she would always check on the dogs and check on the, the chickens at the doorway. And I remember grabbing my camera and just capturing that moment thinking, I want to remember this. I want to remember how she's always looking out, checking on the chickens. <laughs> And uh, I have that photograph. She's passed on now, but I have the memory of, of her looking out. And think about that. Think about that uh, for your family. What are people doing in your home that, that you want to capture? 
Okay, so that's number one. Okay, so let's talk about what gear to use for this project. So first of all, I recommend the camera. You obviously can do all this stuff on your phone, but I think if we wanna become better photographers, a camera itself is probably better. Plus your phone fills up with all kinds of other photographs like food and random you know, price tags that you wanna remember the price of things, that, that kind of thing. So have a designated camera. And so for example, I use the Fuji X-T20. There it is, not sponsored by. <laughs> And the, the reason I use this camera is because it also takes video. And so I also do video documentaries of my family. But as far as photography goes, it's nice to have something small, like a Ricoh GR2 or GR3. That's a tiny pocketable camera. A Sony RX100 series, little point and shoot. Uh, the Fuji X100 series or the X-T20, X-T10. Something that can sit around and has a full battery and has a designated memory card just for this project. Now, the reason to use one camera is that you need the family to stop being camera aware. I saw a great talk by Nancy Barrowick. She's a photographer that had both her parents that were diagnosed with cancer, and both parents were dealing with cancer at the same time. And she, the way she dealt with it was she grabbed her camera, and what she did was she just shot, shot black and white photographs of them uh, just doing everything, hundreds and hundreds of photographs of them just sitting, them just being together. And she ended up with this collection of work that got her recognized and also was a memory of this time. And what was great about her talk is she realized that the camera was kind of a, um, a window into what was happening, but it also detached her uh, from what was happening. You know, she, she, it was her way of dealing with her family, her parents with cancer. And now she has these photographs from that time, and she showed a lot of the photographs that were very powerful. One good thing that happens about having the same camera all the way, all the time, just sitting around, is that people stop being camera aware. And you could just put an electronic shutter on and shoot silently and just hold the camera. And at first, you're going to get, What are you doing, Dad? What are you doing, Mom? And uh, just keep it up. And eventually, just like my kids, they become less camera aware. And you start getting great photographs. You become a photojournalist. You become invisible. And you're going to have to take a lot of photographs to start seeing ones that mean something to you or that are great. So that's number two. Number two is have gear ready. Have people be less camera aware. I don't know why I'm making a list. These are all just <laughs> completely random thoughts. And the last point is it, none of this work will be important if you can't share it. Uh, so what I do is our family has access to a smug mug gallery. And that, when I publish from my Lightroom, that is available to the family. Um, another idea is to have a, um, we also have a Synology, which has Plex. Plex is a service that lets you sort of, you know, uh, look at your photos online or even on a TV. And so we can have our photos playing in the background. And if you make a little documentary slash, you know, portfolio to music, imagine how your family will feel if it's the grandparent and if it's, you know, your, what if your brother, that's the gift you give. You give your brother or your sister, hey, you know, I've been taking pictures of you when you're working in your garden or every time you cook those muffins. Um, Imagine how that would make someone feel, you know. 
the work doesn't mean anything if no one can see it. So another thing to do is to have Google Photos or Amazon Photos where, you know, you can have stuff up, albums up on a cloud that you can share with people. Um, you know, Apple has its own photo app and you can give people permission to share an album. It's just don't let them live on a hard drive. Uh, get them out there. Let your family appreciate them. At the end of the year, make a calendar of the, you know, documentary. To wrap up, uh, becoming a photojournalist in your home will help you in other aspects of photography. You're going to start seeing moments in your home. And then when you go and do travel photography or street photography, you can sort of anticipate moments and see moments from others, people that are unknown. And so this will help your photography if you just start from home. <laughs> All right, guys. So I hope that was helpful. I, um, Mo and Osho will continue. Uh, my buddy will be back. Hope feel better, buddy. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. Peace. <laughs>